0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Remember where we left off, church. Last week, we not only, well, we talked about not only being homesick, but being hearsick. Right. We're so ready for the Lord Jesus to come and take us home. And what I mean by that is we don't have a death wish. We're just ready for God to come and get us. Okay? But we realize that not only are we homesick, but we're also hearsick with everything that's going on here. And we talked all about that. And uh, remember what we learned. We learned in Matthew 24, verse 6, says this, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. He says, see that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But he says, the end is not yet. Your attention, please. Remember, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's just telling them what's going on. They've asked him some questions, and he says, now here's some here's some hearsick things. Here's some hearsick things. There's wars? Yeah, we know wars. As a matter of fact, you realize that even today... The 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 Chinese ships are moving in in the Taiwan area. That's going on today. That that might catapult us into a World War Three. We've heard of wars. At least it's a rumor of war. That makes me hear sick. That makes me. Jesus said, but that's okay. He says, listen, you're going to hear of this. He says, don't be troubled. Okay, so don't trip. Don't get excited. He says, for all these things must come to pass. They're going to happen. He says, but the end is not yet. So what did we talk about? We we talked about birth pangs. Birth pangs, okay? And if you're here and you've ever had a child, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay? You have had some birth pangs. And this is how all that Jesus is trying to communicate with them. He says it's all about birth pains. It's all about birth pains. These are the contractions that happen right before the child is born. Ladies, if you've ever had a child, you know exactly what that means. That hurts. It it it, it hurts. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, 8, think about it, he said, all of these are the beginnings of sorrows. In other words, the Lord Jesus said, everything I talked about, everything, the rumors of wars, all the hearsick, he says, that's the beginning of birth pains. Birth pains. And we talked about how a woman goes into labor. And last week, we talked about the labor pain. Explained. Do you remember? It starts off with the, with what's called the Braxton Hicks contractions. Some people call it a false labor. I don't think it's a false labor. I think it's real labor, but it's not the one that she's about to go through. Okay? But first-time mommies will just freak out with the Braxton Hicks and think, it's coming! Right? And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Now, it's not a false thing, but what's the body doing? Do you know what the body's doing? It's actually getting ready for the real thing. For the real thing. Now... Now, listen, we're intelligent. I want you to let that sink in. Because I believe in the last few years, the Lord has been trying to get us ready for what is coming. Not only is he trying to get us ready for what is coming, he's trying to separate the wheat from the tares. He's trying to separate the, the sheep from the goats. Why? Because in the body of Christ today, and i love the body of christ but we have a lot of people who are christian in name only they believe that they're christians they say they're christians and here's the thing they have not become fully devoted followers of god and so that's that's the thing that the lord's that's what the lord does it's not our it's not our deal to look and 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 be secret sin sniffers do you know what a secret sin sniffer is it's like Hey, oh, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. That's the Lord's job. Let the Lord separate the, the wheat from the tares. We just want to make sure that we're wheat. We just want to make sure, Lord. And it's, and it's so good for us from time to time to so say, God, what, where am I with you? Where's my walk with you? yesterday morning i was sitting out early morning i had my quiet time and i was praying god i just want to glorify you lord i want to draw closer to you i i know your word and i want and 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 basically i'm preaching to myself of everything that i've preached to you I'm, i'm saying lord i want to do this and then when i went to bed last night i said lord i don't think i accomplished what i wanted to accomplish i'm not sure if i glorified you like you need to be glorified and he reminded me that he's still working on me. It's a process. But that's the goal. The goal is I want to glorify the Lord. And, and and so what happens is now you have these you have these contractions. Okay? And so what I thought I would do is I would go back just a little bit and 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 I want to give you some background on these Braxton Hicks, and I want to compare it to real world events. How so? Well, if, if Braxton Hicks contractions, they usually start during the third trimester. And our thought of is this, the, the uterus practicing for labor. But they aren't a sign that you're actually in labor. That's why they're called false labor. But the key difference between the Braxton Hicks contractions and the real things is that, now listen, the Braxton Hicks contractions aren't coordinated. You understand that? But real contractions are coordinated. That's the difference. You go, oh, oh, I I got a pain, I got a pain. Okay, I'm fine. But when labor comes, they're very coordinated. Another thing that I found interesting is time, the factor of time. These contractions may appear to be happening in some sort of pattern But if you're truly in labor, come on, women. Contractions will not stop, and time between them will get shorter and shorter and shorter. You remember that? How far apart are you? I don't know. It hurts. You know? I mean, it's and it just comes in the intensity. Let me give you some signs that you might be experiencing, and I hope I. I hope nobody in here is pregnant that they know of. I mean just this is just for the sake of our study. But think about this. Braxton Hicks contractions, if you recall women, they're uncomfortable, but they're not unusually painful. You go, yeah. All the guys are like are, are they? Intervals between contractions are irregular and you go, yep. These are Braxton Hicks. These are what's what, what's preparing for real contractions. Duration between each one on the Braxton doesn't become shorter. It can sometimes become longer. You're like, yeah, that's okay. But let me give you signs your contractions may indicate real labor. Number one, they're painful. Women? Come on, give me an amen, women. Okay. Intervals between them become shorter and shorter and shorter. That's real contractions. Contractions become stronger and last longer over time. And Here's the one. You ready? Here's, this is how you know you're in labor. They don't stop. They don't stop. You're like, okay. Fast forward to 2022 worldwide. Okay? I've just explained to you the difference. Now, Jesus uses the word birth pain, so he wants us to understand. But I think we've experienced Braxton Hicks in our world. Don't you? We're getting ready. How so? Well, in Matthew 24, 4 and 5, Jesus said, he said, listen, and he answered them. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. That's the first thing. I think a big Braxton Hicks is that be careful that you're not deceived. You're not deceived. We have to be so careful. My wife and I were sitting on the couch the other day and we were talking about all the news and all the news outlet and what's going on and all of these things because um, from from COVID all the way to what's going on in the Middle East, I don't know if you guys kid up with that, but, I, but I'm, I'm at the point where I, asked, I said, sweetie, I said, take things with a grain of salt because we don't know who's telling us the truth. And I said, the only truth I know is the Word of God. And I, I, that's all I, because you, you think it's a credible witness, a credible news media, and you don't know, do we? We don't. And we come out, find out six months later, oh, well, they've been, they've been saying this stuff and this stuff and this stuff. But we got to be careful that we're not deceived. How are we not deceived? Well, it's a Braxton Hicks when you start seeing people that are moving back and forth. Anything that happens in the world, you got to ask yourself, I've got to make sure I'm not deceived. That's a Braxton Hicks. Make sure that no one deceives you. And can I say this? I'm going to step on my own tones. Make sure a pastor doesn't deceive you. Make sure the pastor preaches and teaches the word of God. You're listening on Radio by Grace, you're listening to whatever it might be, the pastor. Listen, every pastor's different and every pastor, but they've got to stand in teaching the Word of God. Not their opinion, not what we think is popular, but we have to teach the Bible. I can't picture my standing before a holy God and thinking, well, Lord, I compromised your Word because I wanted more people in the church. Well, Lord, I compromised a little bit here and there and I fudged here and there and I sort of gave my own opinion and what I thought because I, I can't do that. I have to say, Lord, this is your word. This is your word. A lot of people would skip over Matthew 24. It's not a popular teaching. It's not a popular teaching. Another Braxton Hicks, I think, is found in verse 5 of chapter 24. He says, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. What does that mean? Well, throughout the years, we've seen many messiahs, many people standing up and saying, I'm Jesus, follow me. We've seen that. They had that happen. As a matter of fact, the historian Josephus said the land was overrun. He said it had magicians and seducers and imposters who drew after them. So the multitudes into solitudes, into deserts, to see signs and miracles. And I think that's really, really important. Why? Because you realize that the Antichrist is going to have power to do miracles. The Antichrist, and, and if we're not rooted in the word of God, many people are going to leave Jesus to follow the son. Well, it must be God. It must be God. He called fire down from lightning. must be God. And, and so and so we we see that. at least seven men right now around the world claim to be Jesus reincarnated right now, at least seven. and many check this out have a following of devoted believers from a retired Sy- Siberian traffic cop. Named Veserion to a cross-dressing former British by named David Shaler, these men all claim to be the Son of God. This is what Jesus said. I believe that's another Braxton Hicks. Be careful. Be careful. Of course, we can talk about earthquakes, we can talk about famines. We can talk about pestilences. You guys all seen it. You've lived it. You've lived it. Now, let's talk a moment here. Now, let, let, me, let, let me wait. Let me wait. Let me see if the Lord reminds me as we go through. Well, it's right here. Ha! Huh, pretty cool. But I believe, my opinion, is a major contraction, not a Braxton Hicks, a major contraction was COVID-19. And I'll tell you why. Because COVID-19 was worldwide. It wasn't just isolated to certain areas. It, it was everyone, we're, was, we were all doing the same dance. You understand that? Why was it a major contraction? Because the Spanish flu about a hundred years ago, a little bit more than a hundred years ago, had the same basic symptoms, consequences, people died, the Spanish flu. In about two years the Spanish flu was gone. So why? Why why are we still why is this still going on? Well again, think about technology now. It's changed so much that even now we can make something that can go away last and last and last and last through house? Social media, through through, through internet and all of that stuff. The Spanish flu, if you didn't hear about it, you didn't know, you just have to be careful. And I thought, wow, isn't it how? notice how we've changed. So we can't really base the pandemics in the past to what we're going through. And I'll tell you why. One of the major reasons was that Israel was not a nation. And it said, until Israel becomes a nation in 1948, boom. Now we're fast forward. Now the prophetic time clock is going. So now we have this COVID-19. I believe that was not a Braxton Hicks. You understand? That was a, oh, oh. And what I found is since COVID-19 in 2020, we have seen more things happen faster and faster and faster. It's like every week we get up and we wonder, what's next? What's next? Wow, did you hear that? Even today, this morning, they're shooting rockets into Israel. Why? What's going on there? Most people would say, well, they've always shot rockets into Israel, but now they're going into Jerusalem. You have to ask yourself, why? What's what's the deal? What's the deal? So we left off verse 8. Jesus said, all these that I just told you are the beginning of sorrows. Now, listen, right here, prophetically, I want you to note we see the scene change. You understand, okay? Jesus now draws his attention to the Jewish people and others, come on somebody, about the tribulation, okay? So we, we, we're we here, and so what happens, and just take note, look at your Bibles, guys, because from verse 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, you can write down, this is the tribulation, But then Jesus does something very interesting. He goes back to the middle of the tribulation. And so again, if we read prophetically, we have to be so careful because here's the deal. Here's the, we can read it and go, oh, this doesn't make any sense. And that's why people don't like to read Revelation. It doesn't make any sense. But if you read it in the context and you learn it, you go, Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, Ben, here's the thing. So, we're in the tribulation right now. We're in the tribulation. And then Jesus is going to talk about the mid-trib part of it? Yes. But I know what you're thinking. You ready? You're thinking, what about us? Well, where, 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 where do we fit in this? Well, if we're getting into our time travel DeLorean, and we notice that we're here, and then we go back to Jesus 2,000 years ago, and now he's talking about the tribulation, which we haven't. And then we're going to double back and talk about the mid-trib. You go, what about us? You ready? So what happened between verse 8 and 9? You go, what happened? Hold your place there. You, if you can turn there fast enough, that's great. If not, go over to the right. First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 16 and 17, you know this, it'll be on the screen, but you can write it down. We know this as the rapture. It says this, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Can I get an amen? Amen. All our loved ones who have died in Christ are going to go first. This is what the Bible says. This is why I say amen, because it's the truth of the word of God. It says, then we who are alive. How many of you are alive in here? (laughs) You're like, okay, Benny, that's silly. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Everybody say caught up. That is the word harpazo. We get the, the more Latin word rapturus. And we get our English word, rapture. This is where a lot of people will, will dismiss this. Oh, I don't think we're going to, there's not going to be a rapture. We're, there's not going to, but Paul's in it. I, I can't pick and choose the Bible like, oh, I like this and I don't like that. Or I think this is, he says right here, he says, then we who are alive. How many of you are alive? You go, I am. Yeah. Thank you, Raina. Raina's alive. She raised her hand twice. She's double alive. We who are alive and remain, we're remaining, are going to be caught up together. We're going to be, and it it means snatched violently. (laughs) Listen, listen, on a more sweeter note, think about this. Might be today you see his eyes. Might be today you see his face. The God that created you and loves you and embraces you, you might see his face. We might be all going out of here going, oh, that was a really great sermon, Pastor. Oh, thank you, thank you. God was a really great sermon. Pastor, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we walk out the door and we hear the trumpet and we're all gone. And we're looking at each other going, wow, far out. This is amazing. This is great. And in half a blink, we'll be there. I don't know how many of us are going to go, you know, like, what happened? But I think we should be looking for it, don't you? Because he says, those who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we shall always be with the Lord. Now, Paul goes on to say, comfort one another with these words. I don't find comfort saying... Y'all better better buckle down. We're going to go through the tribulation. It's going to be really rough, and and that's not comforting to me or to you. So I believe between verses 8 and 9, we went home. We went home. Okay? I believe the rapturous, the harpazo, happens between 8 and 9, and that's why we are not only homesick, but we're here sick, okay? When we get enough here sick, I think the Lord takes us home. Now, you might have a few questions based upon what I've told you. And one of those questions would be like, okay, Ben, I've got a question. What about Russia right now? What about Russia and Ezekiel's prophecy? Will we see that? Will we see Ezekiel 38 and 39? Will we see Russia, Iran, Turkey, and all of those, will we see them join forces to attack Israel? You ready? Here's the answer. I don't know. You go, what do you mean? Well, it depends on the Lord. We might see the beginning of chapters 38 and 39. I think we're seeing that now, don't you? I think you're seeing when Russia invaded Ukraine and all of that, see, because Ukraine's one of them. That's going to join forces with them. They're going to go, we have no choice. And now you've got Iran. You've got Syria. You've got all the Kakistans, You've got all of these countries that are joined together. And now, I don't know if we're going to see that. You know what my prayer would be? Is we don't have to see that. But the reason, the reason that he does Ezekiel 38 and 39, is so the nations would realize there's God. But you and I, we already realize there's a God. We already realize. That's why you're here this morning. If there was no God, we should be at the golf courses. We should be out fishing. We should be, there is no God. Let's just live life, man. But you believe there's a God. And so you're coming here so that you can get equipped to glorify God in your life. What these teenagers don't understand right here is that God wants to use them to change the world. If, if, if the Holy Spirit would get in them like never before, they're, they're going be to be world changers anyway. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. That's what God does. That's what God, God does. He, he takes the, the, the young ones and he saves them. I got saved at 17. And man, just think about what he's done. And then now, as we grow older, we feel like we're coming to the end of our race. But it's time to pour into the next generation. It's time to pour into those that that can change the world. Now, I understand they're still teenagers and they're still, you know, hey, they got school and they got sports. I get that. I understand. But God is bigger and He can do some incredible things. He can do some incredible things. Well, you go, okay, Ben, I got another question. I got another question. What's that? How close to the rapture is the tribulation? Like, is is the rapture going to happen and the tribulation's going to happen, like, right away? It could be days. It could be months. And let me just say that it could even be years. In other words, we could be gone tomorrow and the tribulation will not start for a few years. You understand that? There's no timeline. I used to think... rapture and then the tribulation would start like the next week or something I mean it's but that's that's not what the Bible teaches the Bible teaches there's going to be a sequence of things you go well when listen I pray nobody here is planning on staying here during the tribulation but if you are the tribulation starts at the signing of the peace treaty okay at the signing the Antichrist will come up and now Nathalie told me this morning that there is a there's a a holiday in Israel today. It's the morning. It's not a it's not a celebration. It's the morning of uh, not mourning, but mourning of the Jewish temple being destroyed. Both of them. Okay, this was their temple. They're they're mourning. <laughs> they're wailing, and and where they want to go is they want to go up to the Temple Mount to mourn. But they're prohibited, the Jewish people are prohibited to go up to the place that's actually theirs. It's there, they're, they're going but they're, you can, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You own your own home, right? Yeah, you can't go in your house. Wait a minute, why? Well, it's under somebody else's control. No, it's my house. That's how they feel. And so what's happening is now rockets are coming in and you go, well, well what's, what's the point? What's the point? Guys, think about this. The Antichrist is going to step up and go, I think they need a place to worship. They need a place to mourn, and they need to build their third temple. And so, this is when the, that's the peace treaty. You understand that? That's when the tribulation starts, the clock. Right there, right there. So we could be raptured, and then it could be a year, it could be two. It could be six months. It could be six months. Let me just say this. Let me say this, church. You ready? We're getting close to the return of Jesus for His church. I know that. Trust me when I tell you, it's not going to be a hundred years. It won't be a hundred years. But even if you go, well, oh, Pastor, and here's what people tell me: nobody knows the day or the hour. How can you say the Lord is coming back? Well, you know what I would say? Please check your heart, because if that if you're angry that I'm telling you the Lord is coming back, either you're not ready because you should be like amen. But let's say that let's just say that I'm completely wrong and the Lord takes 100 years from now. You and I most likely won't be here. We know that. No I mean, I don't think I'll make 157. 6 5. I don't know how old I'm 155. <laughs> I'm making myself older. I look good for 57, right? I look bad for 55, but anyway, that's a whole other story. Stop that, stop, stop. But most of us are not. So so here's the point. You go, Pastor, get to the point, please. We're all going to be gone from this earth. So we need to make a decision to be fully devoted followers of Christ now. Okay, not just church attenders. I go to church, but fully devoted followers of Christ. Where the Lord Jesus is glorified in your life, in your everyday life, at your jobs, at your schools, everything. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We don't want to follow, we we don't want to be the fish that just swims with the rest of the fish. We want to be the ones that swim upstream. Because we're called to be different. Not that we want to get in fights with people or we want to argue. And I'll tell you why. Why? I'll tell you why. Because we can't talk anybody into anything, can we? My job isn't to talk you into Christianity. Here's why. Because if I can talk you into Christianity, somebody can talk you out of it. My job is to present to you the facts, the word of God, and let the Holy Spirit convict your heart. That's where salvation comes. So that's where we pick up our text. You ready? Verse 9. We're gone. Everybody say, we're gone. We're out of here. Okay. Verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. Now, if we're still here, then it's confusing. So understand, that's why I believe we're gone. So who is he talking to? Now he's talking to the Jewish people during the tribulation. Okay? So the tribulation is going to focus on who? The Jewish nation. Okay? The Holy Spirit is going to be taken off the Gentiles for one reason, is because we're out of here, so the church is gone and he's going to be put, focused on the Jewish people for seven years. You go, okay, cool, I'm with you. So Jesus says, guys, guess what? Then they, who's the they? It's the Antichrist regime. But I find it interesting, even in today's news, you and I, we go, oh, could that be him? Oh, maybe that's him. Oh, this guy's evil. There are some evil people. There is an evil professor in Jerusalem right now, that is saying, well, listen, it's unbelievable, but he's saying that we can all be gods. We're all little gods. And, I mean, it's just, but but, but again, think about that. They, the Antichrist regime. But here's the point. I don't want you to look for the Antichrist. I want you to keep looking for Jesus Christ. Just keep looking for him. Don't worry about, oh, well, I think it's this, and it could be that guy, and wow, this dude's evil. mm But here's what is going to happen. During the tribulation, listen to me closely. They're not going to tolerate a born-again follower of Jesus. If you were to get saved during the tribulation, listen to me, you will most likely die for your faith. There's a lot of people going, man, it is what it is. If I go through the tribulation, that's cool, bro, I'll do it. No. And here's what I would ask you. If you can't live for Jesus today, what makes you think you could die for him then? But here's what I want you to see. The Lord Jesus looks at his followers and he says, You will be hated, and here's what's key, by all nations. Circle that word in your Bible, all nations. Okay? Why? Because this is a worldwide domination against Christ followers, all nations listen to me, it's not the far left, like we know today, who want to control and hate the Christians. This is going to be a worldwide, every single nation will be again. You can't sit here and go, well, where can I escape to? Maybe I can go live in, and you pick a nation. Because, again, think about what Jesus said. He said, listen, if you decide to go through the tribulation and then really get saved, every nation is going to hate you. Every nation, every nation, all nations, every nation. Now, again, think about what he's saying. We saw this in the past, did we not? You go, what do you mean? Do you guys remember the stoning of Stephen? Stephen was a Christ follower, a disciple, and, and Paul was watching the coach while they stoned Stephen. He was Saul at the time. Go ahead. Commence to stoning him. So they hated Christians even in in Saul's day, in Paul's day, Jesus' day. They hated Christians. But here, guys, think about this. Every nation, the United States, Mexico, Canada, just think about all of them, Brazil, all the nations are going to what? Notice what he says. They're going to deliver you up to tribulation. Now, there's already the judgment of God, but here's what he says. They're going to they're going to And I, and I think about that for just a moment, and I don't want to scare you, but I think about this. Now, listen, some of you who are who who are listening online or or you're mocking the fact that the Lord is coming, or you you think you can make it through the tribulation, you might be tough enough to make it through the tribulation. The problem is is that what about our kids? Like, they can't get to you, but, they're, but here's the thing. He says, they're going to they're gonna deliver you up to tribulation. And you and I meant, listen, church, you and I, we often have the attitude, you can do anything you want to me, just don't touch my kids. But what if they start torturing your kids in order to get you to turn from following Christ? Many believers would do that. I hate to say it. Many believers, you see, oftentimes we feel like our lives can atone for somebody else. Well, listen, if they can live, I'll, I'll die. I'll go to hell for them. But your life, your life can atone. Only Jesus can atone for our sins. You go, what's the remedy? Get saved now. Follow the Lord now. You'd have to go through that. That's the whole point. The Lord's going, you go, man, it's 2022. I thought the Lord was going to come back in 1988. There's a book called 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 19." But listen, you know why he's still not here? It's because he loves us, and he doesn't want any of us to go through this. And He says, I'm making it easy now. I'm making it easy now. Every nation. Look at verse 10. And many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a scene where people will actually turn on each other and actually hate each other? go, No, that's not the human way. Well, before you answer that, I want to show you what Luke's gospel says. You ready? Look up on the screen with me. Luke 21, 16. Write that in your notes. It says this. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers relatives and friends and they will put some of you to death wait 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 i get saved during the tribulation and my parents are not saved they're going to turn on me what did jesus just say yeah yeah that's an amazing verse I think, church, listen, we had a Braxton Hicks preview of this just a couple of years ago. Do you remember? If you recall, if you recall, the government was coming down hard on people on getting together in families during the holidays. Do you remember that? We'd have, don't you do it. Don't get grandma sick. Many of our elderly died in nursing homes alone because it was like, don't you go. And, and again, think about this, and, and here's the point I want to make. The holidays were coming up, and they say, don't go over for holidays, don't do this, don't do this. And we remember, not so much in Texas, but neighbors would watch houses and call the police when they saw many cars, oh, there's four cars in front of that house, they're having a party, and they'd call the police, right? And not not so much in Texas. But around the world, if you recall, come on, it wasn't too far ago, people were getting paid to call authorities if they knew someone had or was in contact with someone else who had gotten sick. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Do you remember when it first came out, how they would, they would drill you? Who were who you with? Where have you been? How many people? Give me names, names, numbers, addresses, tell us. And if you don't, I mean, and it was like, and again, think about this. This was just a small preview of what Jesus just said. Jesus said, people are going to turn on you, men. And if you can't, you're not going to be able to trust anyone. Well, oh, I can trust my daughter. What did Jesus just say? He said, you're going to be my brothers, relatives? You will be expecting people to have the spirit of God in them, and they won't. And if they don't, and you do, it's not going to be real hard to go, there she is. There she is. I was turned in by my own my own kids. My own kids turned me in. And so there I go. Where am I going? I'm off to die. Because they're going to tell me in the tribulation, hey, listen, um, if you denounce Christ, you could go free and be back with your family. No, I love Jesus. I'm saved. I, I know what's going on. I've read the Bible. Well, how do you know? Well, you know, really, before the rapture, don't say those things. It's against the law to say those types of things. Well, let me just tell you, before the rapture, um, I used to go to church. As a matter of fact, I used to go to church a lot. Well, then how come you didn't go with the rest of them? Well, I was going to church, but I wasn't a, I didn't really believe. Wow. But I believe now because I know. Well, if you don't recant, if you don't, if you don't deny the name of Jesus, you see that chopping block right there. I can't do it. Okay, well, it's up to you. We can't have now. Listen, I'm just. We can't have any of your kind running around because you're spreading propaganda, and you have to die. But you don't have to die. Just, just. Take the mark. Just, hey, listen, we just want want you to identify with us. And so if we know you're with us, go back to your family. Enjoy life. As a matter of fact, here's a stimulus. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm just, you understand. This should be waking us all up. This should be going, wow, this is the world we live in. This is the world we live in. We're going to be betrayed by relatives, friends. Friends are going to call the police on you. Hey, two people are at your house. We're going to be, not us, not us. Everybody say, not us. us. But people who get saved are going to be so hungry for the word of God, they're going to try to have Bible studies and get-togethers and fellowships and encourage each other, and people are going to turn them in. Did you see? There was four people at their house. I think I know what they're doing. Back to our text. In that day, the tribulation, many will be offended. The word offended means tripped up to sin, to stumble, and shall betray. That means to deliver, cast forth. Listen, put in prison. That's the word. Many shall put in prison and hate and will hate. So it's not just like nanny, nanny, boo, boo, I'm telling on you. It's actually you need to be, you need to be put in prison. For what? Believing in Jesus? Yes. Because it's going to be a Satan-dominated world at that point. Right now, Satan is out there, but because of us, guess what? The restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is holding back evil. We're gone. Guess what? Guess what? Look at verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold. What could not be accomplished by the persecutors outside the church or the traitors inside the church will now be attempted by the teachers of heresy. Many false prophets will go, oh, I understand, no, don't listen to them. Okay, well, here, follow me and, and try to deceive you. And and I want you to think about this for a moment. The goal is not to crush the Christian Or the goal is to crush the Christian, but those who are trying to walk with God during this time will be a target for deception. They'll be saying, oh, 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 wait, no, I know the way of God. And you're thinking you're joining. I mean, how do you know? How many people are going to pose as believers during the tribulation to try to get you and 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 deceive you? Uh, well, there's a group of people meeting and, and, and they're secretly me I think they're Christians. Okay. And then, got him. Here you go. He says lawlessness. Don't we see that today? You know, what is lawlessness? It's a violation of the wicked or the wickedness. Listen, we have laws in the United States for a reason and many people are standing up going, I don't care. I'm not going to obey the law. Yes, you are. But that's exactly lawlessness going on right now. Can you imagine then? I wonder what kind of laws will be put in place to crush those who choose to follow Jesus. I wonder. Let me give you an example. Sean shared this the other day, but Tuesday, Israeli law, they put in a law, when in effect, limiting the use of cash for purchases, payment of wages goes into effect. Violators could face up to three years in jail. You go, wait, what? Yeah, they just put a law in Israel, started in August 1st, that you can't pay a certain amount of cash for something or receive a certain amount of cash. You see, they want to go to a cashless society. So let's say you go over there and you go, hey, I, I just want to be paid in shekels or cash, or American, whatever, if you if it's too much, guess what? They can call the cops and take you to jail. For wanting to get paid in cash? Exactly. 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 I just wonder what laws are going to be put in place. Or maybe, let me ask you this, church. Ready? Let me ask you this. What about, what about, um, hmm, what about if it's not even a law, but it's a um, it's a um, it's just a, a a declaration or an executive order or what if it's a mandate? We're all going to be again. Think about this. Think about this. I wonder what it is. You go, Ben, why are you telling us this? Again, it's warning. Because I want to ask you a question. What happens when love grows cold? What happens when, this is what Jesus said, didn't he? He said, and the love of many will grow cold. The love of many. Think about that. I love what Jesus says. Look at verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now remember, Jesus is not talking to the church. You understand that, right? we're already in heaven he's talking about what we call tribulation saints those he says many are going to be killed for their faith in Jesus now think about this for just a second okay think about you you're you've become a fully devoted follower of God in the tribulation and you see all of your friends being killed that is harsh you know your fate but others might survive the seven years you understand that some might survive they're going to endure maybe they maybe they they they're storing up food now i don't know but seven years and and guess what he says then salvation comes now because we're a teaching church i need to give you three basic possibilities of what jesus is teaching here one of them i don 't agree with, two I do, but I want to share with you because I think it 's faithful to tell you all three number one what they what some people believe is that those who remain faithful to Christ until death will see eternal salvation, meaning those who fall away will lose their salvation. so again, I think well okay they're, you're now they 're going to well, you can lose your salvation and And that's that's one. The second one is is, is, that's a lifelong faithfulness is a sign of true salvation, a lifelong faithfulness. And then third is those who survive the catastrophic events leading up to Christ's second coming will be spared from death and be physically present in his earthly kingdom. I believe that can happen too. I believe there are people that are going to make it through. Now, you and I, we come back with Jesus after seven years. Who are we going to govern? There's got to be people that make it through because we're going to have towns and we're going to be mayors and and, and 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 rule with the Lord in Jerusalem and with righteousness. Now, I lean towards the second and third. This is where it's going to be. That's what Jesus said. But notice what he says in verse 14. He says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and the end will come. During the tribulation, the good news about the kingdom is going to be preached throughout the whole world. So that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. You go, you got that? Yeah. So what's happening in the tribulation? 144,000 Jewish evangelists are going to be out preaching the gospel. you go. like, cool. Two witnesses who breathe fire out of their mouth are going to be preaching the gospel. And then the Bible says in Revelation that angels are going to be proclaiming it in the heavens. So Jesus said, there's going to... Listen, Oftentimes we think, we're raptured, now all hell's going to break loose on earth, they deserve it, nanny nanny, I'm out of here. But God's like, no, I still love them, these are still my people, they just haven't haven't seen the light. And so I'm going to preach the gospel, and preach the gospel, and preach the gospel, until they literally say, no, they don't want anything to do with me, but I'll still love them. But two points I want to make very quickly. You ready? While the church is here, It's our job to preach the gospel throughout the world. It's our job. You're not going to preach the gospel in heaven. Who are you going to preach to? We're all saved in heaven. The Bible says when we get to heaven, we'll know all things. So so it's our job to do it here. And some of you go, "Ah, I'm not very good at preaching the gospel. Just live to glorify God, and people will see you, and they'll ask you, what's different about you? Jesus Wait, what? Religion? No, 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 no. And then just share your story. Hey, I was, I was this age when, when God did a work in my heart and he got a hold of me and, and I'm, a, I'm a Christ follower. And, and listen, and I live to glorify God every day and you can too. Trust me, the work of the Spirit will move on their heart to ask more questions. Well, what does that look like? I can lead you in a prayer. That's what I did. We don't have to be so like, well, I can't, I don't know. We can. We can preach the gospel. We can use our lives. We can use our words. Preach the gospel. Number two, notice the heart. I want you to notice God's heart in the tribulation. Even though he's he's executing judgment, he loves people so much. He keeps sharing the gospel. Please Please turn. Please turn. Please turn. Please come home. Please come home. Overall, the tribulation. Everybody got that? But now Jesus gets into the Lord, and doubles back to the middle of the tribulation. So you have the first three and a half years, and then you have what we call mid-trib, and then you have the last three and a half years. And now we're, now we're in mid-trib. Look at verse 15 and 16. He says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. That's us. He says, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now we have to do some work here, okay? We have to do some work. Jesus is speaking to the Jewish people. He says, after three and a half years of the tribulation, the Antichrist is going to go into the temple. Which temple? The third temple. The two have been destroyed, but now we have the third temple. By the way, do you know that Israel already has the plans for the third temple? they're drawn up okay they tell us that it's only going to take six months for the temple to be rebuilt six months they have the plans they have in the temple institute they have everything they do I found out that they're already offering sacrifices they're just not doing it on the temple mount there's no temple but they're trying to they're trying to get back very very quickly well guess what The Antichrist is going to sign the peace treaty, which is part of building the new temple. Six months later, they're offering. And in three and a half years, guess what happens? He comes in and he claims to be God. And the Antichrist now demands the worship from the people. It's called the abomination, which leads to desolation. Daniel spoke of it as prophetic in chapter 9, verse 27. And he said, Those who resist will be persecuted and killed. That's why Jesus' urgency in verse 16 through 22. You're going to see that. But to you and I, we go, cool. But to the Jewish people, they had already been given a preview. You guys remember, there was a fellow by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. Okay. And he was a Greek king from the Seleucid Empire, Seleucid Empire, who reigned over Syria from 175 BC to 164. He is famous for almost conquering Egypt and for his brutal persecution of the Jews, which precipitated the Maccabean revolt. Antiochus Epiphanes was ruthless and often capricious ruler. He is properly known as Antiochus the Fourth, but he took himself the title of Epiphanes, which means illustrious one or God manifest. That's, he says, I am God manifest. Guess what he did? In a brazen act of disrespect, Antiochus raided the temple in Jerusalem, stealing the treasure, setting up an altar to Zeus and sacrificing swine on the altar when the Jews expressed their outrage over profaning the temple, you know how Antiochus responded? By slaughtering a great number of Jews and selling others into slavery. So the Jews already seen this. They know. They're like, oh, it happened. And he says, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. My prayer is that none of, that, none of us would stick around to see any of this any of this so I want to close I want to close with verse 16 now I want the Lord to prepare our hearts for communion but here's what Jesus says now don't close your Bibles because there's still a lot here he says let he says let those who are in Judea abomination of desolation he says they need to flee to the mountains now we're going to pick it up next week right here but I want to leave you with this thought Jesus tells them to flee Okay, in other gospels, he says, don't go back. If you're in, on the roof, he says, just go. Don't go back and, and, and get groceries. He says, you see this Obama, it's coming. It's coming. Now, think about this. This is going to be worldwide. It'll be broadcast on every internet, real time, everything else. Well, wait, 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 wait. Brother so-and-so is going to make an announcement. He goes in the temple, he offers swine, and he says, I am God, worship me. You guys have seen this throughout movies and and, and, and teachings. But but he says, hey, guys, you need, you need to run. Where are they supposed to run? Well, they're supposed to run to the mountains. It's a place called Petra. You can go there today. Petra is a one-mile-old volcano. Um, that's been there, and he says, and and as a matter of fact, people have gone over to Petra, and they've put Bible verses all over in there, so when the Jews run, they can open up and see where they are prophetically and everything else. But God says, I'm going to protect you for three and a half years there. The last three and a half years is known as the great, awful wrath of God being poured out on this earth. Everything. Everything. But the remnant who runs, who sees this, who rips their clothes because they're, they're profaning the temple, God's going to what? He's going to protect them in what's called the Rock of Petra. Petra. And I found that very cool. Why? Because if you're here today and you're a believer, you're being protected today, as a matter of fact, by Jesus Christ, who is our rock of salvation. If you ever look at the Bible, I believe the Lord always shares what he's going to do, and it could have been in the past. I mean, he's, they already know what's coming. But sometimes we can't see things that are in plain sight. We're so blinded by our culture and our religion and all this stuff, we can't see stuff in plain sight. And the Lord says, listen, this is what's going to happen. But I'm telling you right now, More people are going to devour the Bible when this happens. They're going to devour the Bible. They're going to find out. We're gone. We're gone. What a beautiful thing that is. The Lord Jesus loves us so much, we're going to be in heaven. We're going to be just worshiping him. All hell is going to break loose here on earth, worse than we've ever seen before. I don't want to be here I don't want anybody to be here if I can say this with as much love as I can muster this is not a game getting people to church getting people to Jesus is the goal it's not a game and so many people think no 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 see Ben you don't understand I've I've got it in with God me and God we've got an agreement no you don't you don't have an agreement. You don't have a special season passed to sin, however you want to, and still go to heaven. We have to repent. We have to confess. We have to glorify Him. We don't have a, we don't have an in with God. Hey, God, wink, wink, wink. Don't look at this, but that's okay. We can't sit there and go, well, Lord, I'm just going to fall on your grace, Lord. I never want to presume upon God's grace. I just want to follow Him. I don't want anyone to go to the tribulation. Next week, we're going to talk more about the tribulation, so you all better come back. But Let's prepare our hearts for communion. If the ushers will come forward and the worship team will come back, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pass out the elements. Please hold them in your hand as we, as we partake. Now, here's the thing. You might be here today, and I want to just remind you. I want to remind you, if you're not right with God, I want to give you an invitation first. I want to give you an invitation first and foremost that if you're not right with God, this is the time to do it. If you are not a believer in here and you've never given your life to Jesus, please don't take the elements. Please don't take the elements. You go, well, well, wait a minute, I thought I could take communion. Well, it's open communion, but it's for everyone who believes. Now, you can, in just a second, say yes to Jesus and then take communion. It would be a sweet, sweet thing, but you have to be ready. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. As the, as the ushers are praying over the elements, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today and you don't know where you are with God and you're thinking, man, you were talking about the tribulation. I don't want to go through that, Pastor. You were saying some things and I'm not right with God, but I want to be. And, and, and Pastor, I've got to be honest with you. It's not even about communion. It's about being right with God. I want to give you an opportunity. It's a sweet, sweet thing if you'll open up your heart and invite him inside. So if you're here today, would you just bow your heads with me for just a second? And the the gentlemen are going to be passing this out, but give me just a second. With every eye closed and every head bowed, listen, I don't want to rush this, but is there anyone here that through the teaching the Holy Spirit was knocking on your heart and telling you it's time to get right with God? I want to pray for you if that's you. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. Would you do that? I just want to make sure you're right with God. So just lift up your hand if you want to be right with Jesus. God bless you, my sister, to my right. Anyone else? I love this. I love how brave you are. Anyone else? Just lift up your hand. God bless you. I see you. Anyone else? Just want to be right? I'm going to walk over here? Anyone else? God bless you. I see you. I see you. Father, I thank you for these hands that were raised. If you raised your hand, would you pray this prayer? Would you pray with all of your heart and you say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you resurrected and are coming back for me soon. So I confess my sin to you, Lord. It's all yours. Take away my past, my present, and my future. Just forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. If you pray that prayer, then you're free to take communion. But wait, we're going we're to take it together. The ushers are going to pass that out. We're going to take them together as a family. As you hold the elements in your hand and... I want you to remember this is a very serious as well as a celebration. First and foremost, the Bible tells us that we must not partake in an unworthy manner. So maybe you have something this morning to confess. You can confess it to the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me. I've been harboring bitterness or ugliness or I've been been hard-hearted or, Lord, my love seems to be growing cold. You can confess that to the Lord. If you've offended someone, please get it right before taking communion. You can ask that person, "Oh, sweetie, forgive me." If a ruder bitterness has happened, make sure we go to that person before partaking, but it's also a celebration as we take communion, we're declaring the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and that's what saves us. So we have to celebrate the gospel we have to sell this is this is it." You go, what, what, what can I do? You ready? As we as we wait for the rest to come in, think about this. I want you to look deep in your hearts and confess anything you need to to him. Lord, forgive me. I want you to look back in your lives and thank the Lord for what he's done. Think back at all the... And, and, and man, think about the hidden blessings even in hard times. And then I want us to look forward for all that God is going to do, and then one day we'll have communion in heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love. We thank you that we can celebrate communion as a family. We thank you, Lord, that Lord that we are celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, we talked about that today, that, Lord, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain. Lord, we're gonna, we're going to be resurrected, Lord, and I thank you. Lord, I thank you that, um, Lord, that we can confess the things that are just bugging us, Lord, the things that are the shortcomings, the sins we have, Lord, we confess them to you. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, help us to look back at those things and, and, and just count our blessings, Lord. And Father, you said that you weren't going to take communion again until we took it with you in heaven. We're not in heaven, Lord. So we're taking it again in in remembrance of you, but one day, Lord, we're going to take it in heaven. It's going to be glorious, I can not imagine. And so we love you and we thank you. Thank you for this church family. Thank you for these beautiful people. Thank you for the people that raised their hands and said yes to Jesus today. And I thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread together. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Let's take the cup together. Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Anthony's going to lead us out in worship and then dismiss. I love you guys. We will see you on Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.